Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mikado, the podcast where we keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and oilseed and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar. Thanks for listening into episode 231. Last week we touched on biosecurity and we know this is a big focus area from an industry point of view and from a government point of view with a lot of funding heading towards biosecurity. But this week we wanted to focus on the farm. Scott Young, Western Victorian sheep farmer and president of the Victorian Farmers Federation Livestock Group, is joining us to share what we can do to best control what and who comes on farm. Before we jump into the episode this week, let's go to a few highlights from the market. At the absolute last minute, Russia rolled over and rubber stamped the Black Sea Grain Corridor for another 60 days. This is despite getting no concessions from the UN in terms of relaxing any of those sanctions that Russia was unhappy about. All of the delaying tactics and the rhetoric leading up to the deadline meant that the market had priced in a risk premium. And after the announcement, wheat futures lost about 33 Australian dollars per tonne over three trading sessions. The other big ticket item was the release of the World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates, which gave us a first look at the new season forecast. Wheat stocks are expected to decline, but corn and oil seeds are increasing strongly. The wheat stocks to use ratio is forecast to fall to a nine-year low this season, which will no doubt maintain support for prices throughout the year. Turning to the wool market, and it was another downward week with another big offering and a lot of variation in vegetable matter, staple strength and CVH, which is making buying really difficult and that translated to lower prices across all fine and medium micron price guides. We'll leave it there for today and bring in Scott Young and Robert Herman. G'day and welcome Scott Young to Commodity Conversations. Thanks Robert, pleasure to be here. Now, um, we're talking to you today from down south on the farm, and we know uh, it's it's quite wintry as well, but uh, finished shearing yesterday, so I guess, I guess that's something you're glad to have under your belt and done and dusted. Yeah, always nice uh, to finish shearing. So uh, we're fortunate enough to have some reasonable weather, a bit showery today, but um, yeah, that looks like a good week ahead, so we shouldn't have any troubles with the sheep now that they've been shorn. Oh, that's good. Well, look, we, we want to talk today about... Um, livestock and and particularly about the biosecurity situation and and the VFF of which you're the uh, president of the um, livestock group uh, the VFF is front and center at um, you know trying to lead this discussion Scott um, can you just give us a little bit of background to what the VFF's position is on this uh, obviously biosecurity is a really major issue across the industry um the VFF have been leading through their StockSense program, which um, is funded by Victorian levy payers' um, money that rolls out a biosecurity and animal welfare education program to producers. So um, obviously the VFF saw the need for this and then took that project to the uh, compensation funds and and they realised that, yeah, this was a very important industry. So all of industry recognises that um, this is really front of mind at the moment. Uh, And especially uh, after what happened last year around uh, FMD and LSD in Indonesia, but also just generally to improve our biosecurity on on our farm properties. And I think that's a really good point is that um, while we 
you know, everybody got a, got agitated. Um, there were some wild statements made in that last year. The important thing is that we actually move forward. And, you know, I'm really impressed by the, um, the position the VFF is taking, uh, and that's partly education, as you point out. Um, but you're, you, there is a survey, has a survey been done where only, I think 40% of um, agriculture Victorian farmers said they didn't have a biosecurity plan. Just tell us why you think it's important that each farm has their own biosecurity fan, uh, uh, plan, Scott. Yeah, well, uh, in the event of any disease outbreak, uh, once once the an area gets established that has to be controlled, when uh, when AgVic or or who comes onto our properties to manage these diseases, they can look at our biosecurity plan and straight away understand how our operation how it runs, whether we buy stock in, whether we um, just breed all our own stock, and it's going to make the management of that a lot easier. But also on the flip side, for us as farmers, we're able to manage uh, what our threats are to ourselves, um, where those external threats could be coming from people accessing our properties. Um, it could be a livestock agent, could be an agronomist. Um, and it's not always just trying to stop those exotic diseases. It could be as common as foot rot or um, some noxious weeds that the neighbours got that you don't want. And just realising that through a plan that you can have a, a biosecurity plan, that you can have a plan in place that'll reduce the risk of that coming onto your property. And I guess, Scott, having a plan also means that we're um, putting in place a heightened awareness of this as a challenge, and, and that's got to be good as well. Definitely. If you uh, were to look as a livestock farmer at the chicken or the pig industry, they take a totally different approach to it. Um, a mate in the pig industry, you've virtually got to change your clothes when you get to his farm, put his boots on. You know, they've had avian influenza, they've had Japanese encephalitis come into the industry and really decimate their industries. And they realise how important biosecurity is. As uh, livestock farmers, we've been fortunate enough that this hasn't happened to us, but just barley, it's not very far away and the amount of people travelling backwards and forwards, um, it's better to be prepared than chasing our tails afterwards. Yes, absolutely. And part of that is making sure that people coming onto the farms um, know that we're taking biosecurity seriously and, and I guess that signage and, um, and, and inductions and things like that, Scott. Yeah, definitely signage, uh, inductions, uh, I've, when someone comes to my farm, I've got a basic form they fill in and I just talk to them about what our biosecurity plan is and explain to them biosecurity. It's probably uh, something that we've been pushing as an industry and pushing government to realise within their department as well um, that all the utilities companies don't know anything about biosecurity and they travel from farm to farm to yeah. farm. So... Um, it's making getting that awareness out to everybody and as, as to what they should be doing. And I think it's a good approach as well. We we have a a, a higher level of requirement on the governments and and our border patrols to uh, keep us secure. Biosecurity is a, is a high profile there, but at the individual farm level, we've all got a role to play. A hundred percent, and it's probably the most one of the most crucial ones because. If you control what's coming into your property, then you've you've 
got ownership over uh, anything that comes in. So um, I've got a program with my agronomist that it's clean in, clean out. So their vehicles have got to be clean when they get there. I supply a wash down. So when they're finished um, traveling around the property, they wash down. Alternatively, um, I supply a vehicle for them to use when they go around the property. So just, you know, little things that reduce that risk. Now we're talking about, uh, in this case, we're talking about people coming onto the farm that we want to come on or invite or we need. But um, I was interested in um, in an article I was reading in the Weekly Times where you were um, providing some information on how farmers might need to um, protect themselves and and position themselves in the event that um, you know farm activists come on the onto the farm. Can you just outline a little bit about how this model or this system might play in the, into that and why that's important, Scott? Yeah. So as um... I'll just go into farm biosecurity as part of our uh, livestock production assurance, our LPA accreditation, uh, we have to, we're supposed to have a biosecurity plan. So this has been around for years and years and uh, we're supposed to have a sign on the gate and supposed to have this plan done. Um, some farmers have and other farmers haven't, but this same plan doesn't transfer into the new Victorian government's regulations around farm trespass. So our original plans have to be updated and we have to add a few more things to those original plans. And also our signs that we have on our properties have to reference the government's uh, trespass laws. So um, yeah, I'd urge all farmers to have a look at their biosecurity plans um, have a look at the government's trespass laws, update their plans. It's not a lot of work and not a lot of changes and uh, put the relevant signage on their property. So as far as I know, uh, all external gates to public land need one of those signs on them. Um, and it, it gives you the opportunity as a farmer to be able to remove someone off your property or, or get those people removed off your property. And it's important that we do that in a... Um you know, in a, in a respectful and a legal way, but it is about protecting our um, assets. If we're going to be serious about um, biosecurity, Scott, then, um, you know, we have to be serious about it in all instances, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's uh, something that comes out of the blue or whether it's something that we can control. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we, we've got control of our, our own properties. And once once that signage is up and you can control who has legally control, who has got access to your property, then um, then you've got control over any of those uh, threats that may be around that um, you can take that chance of them impacting on you away. Now, talking to Scott Young today on Commodity Conversations, and Scott's the uh, group president for the VFF Livestock Group. Um, it's a really important role. You haven't been in the role that long, I don't think, Scott, because I think you took over from Steve Harrison. Is that right? Yeah, Steve finished up his uh, two-year stint in uh, December and um, I took over from him after after then I was elected then. So, um, yeah, it's been very interesting, uh, a lot busier than what I thought it was going to be. Oh, I always knew it was going to be busy, but um, it really opened my eyes to what's going on within the industry and, and the amount of different um, 
areas that the VFF covers off on and, and what we're involved in and, and where we can have input into industry. Yes, and I think it's very important. I mean, we, uh, we've been strong supporters of um, farmers having an industry voice and it's and the most obvious place for that is at the state farming organisations because that then feeds into the NFF, it feeds into other bodies like cattle council and, and sheep producers and wool producers, et cetera. Um, how's the, um, how do you find the support around from farmers? I mean, the, the, I guess there's a mix of support, Scott, but uh, there'd be some farmers who um, probably are sitting there thinking at the moment, um, should I be a member of the VFF? Is it important? And when we're talking about things like biosecurity, you know, my, my immediate reaction would be that it's very important that we have as many voices in the tent as we can. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't generally get much negative feedback but also not everybody's a member. So yep. the, the beauty of what we do is we support all farmers within Victoria, whether they're members or not. We're a non-for-profit organisation. Um, you know, we donate our time back to industry. I, I've uh, I've set up a, a reasonable farm operation where I am. I've got uh, a great staff, Summer, who works for me, and it's allowed me to give a bit back to industry and help. So... Um, Although some farmers mightn't agree what we say and what we do all the time, the back of our mind, our industry is number one and it's coming first and we and that's what we want to improve. Um, as, as part of our role, there's uh, we're on a livestock consultative group with AgVic and with the veterinary officer and we get monthly updates on FMD and LSD and all the work that's getting done in the background. So... These things haven't been forgotten about. Yes, it's out of the media, but the government realises that it's right next door. And all that background work about what's going to happen if we do have an outbreak is getting done. They're running scenarios. We're talking about things as, as slow down as disposal sites on farm and how's that going to work. Compensation, how's that going to work? All those things are getting spoken about and worked on all the time. So farmers can be assured that it's uh, it's not forgotten and gone where we're they're working hard in the background on their behalf. Yeah. I think also, Scott, it's, it's, I mean, we rely on government and the departments to do a lot of work um, for agriculture, but it's absolutely vital that they have input from somebody who actually knows how farms work and coming from a farm. So I'm thinking that's a pretty important role you'll play on those sort of organised, uh, those committees. Yeah, it, it's like with the the loss of AgVic staff over the years, there's a little bit of a disconnect between um, AgVic and what's actually happening on the ground. So it's really valuable for the VFF input into those committees. Um, I, I find that um, with these committees, a lot of the time, if you haven't got someone like the VFF there, there is no input from farmers because we all we're all time poor and we we can't afford to have input into these things. And a lot of the time, um, they'll go totally unnoticed until it's too late. Uh, whereas the VFF is as as much as possible is is on the lookout for what's happening, um, what things need feedback on, what's out there that that we should have a farmer's voice on and and be replying to. And um, yeah, so very vital that we're good, that we're there in the room yeah absolutely and um and and look Scott I I congratulate you for for putting your hand up you make a good point that that everybody's busy 
Um, so when when somebody like yourself and and your predecessor and Steve Harrison, who was who's now gone on to wool producers, um, when you do put your hand up, you know I, I take my hat off to you because it's it is about as you said it's about an opportunity to give back and 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 represent farmers. And uh, I think from talking today, one of the things I've got confidence in is that um, you probably you sound like a farmer, so you know farming, and that's pretty important in that role. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my number one job, farming. Um, as as much as the advocacy in, uh, is here as well, I uh, I still want to make sure that uh, I'm doing a good job farming as well. So yeah. Now, just to uh, round out our conversation today, and and really appreciate your time, Scott. If um, people listening want to know more about how they can get their biosecurity plans and their signage and all that, right? What's your what's your best advice for them? Uh, you can jump on the AgVic website if you want to waste half an hour and try and find <laughs> where all the information is, or you can jump on the VFF website and go to biosecurity page and there's a link there that'll take you to the to the AgVic website and exactly uh, give you all the information that you'll need to know but you'll find that in uh, 30 seconds instead of 30 minutes so yeah and and anybody can go there you don't have to be a VFF member you, you don't have to be a VFF member to jump on the VFF website and I'd encourage anybody to jump onto the VFF website we have a lot of relevant information about current issues that are going on at the moment within the industry and, um, yeah, jump on and have a look and see what we're working on. Yeah, and look, at the fantastic service. And uh, and while you're there, um, jump on and have a look at the membership form too, Scott. 100%. We released a new <laughs> membership model uh, just yesterday, $49 a month. So jump on and become a member. Great work. Scott, terrific to talk to you. Thanks for coming on Commodity Conversations. Um, we'd really enjoy to have, uh, you know, more updates during the year uh, when the time arises and when something happens. And uh, and thanks a lot. Well done on your um, on your job as uh, in the livestock uh, group for VFF. And uh, and well done on getting shearing finished in, uh, in, in the middle of winter. Cheers, Robert. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to uh, be able to talk biosecurity and uh, encourage all farmers to have a look at their plan and, and make sure that it's up to date.